for Eva Kaur, the Holocaust will never really end. It's tattooed on her. My daughter came home one day. She said to me, Mommy, Mrs. Baker doesn't have a number on her arm. How come you have a number? She's had the tattoo on her arm since she was 10 years old, when she and her family were forced into a cattle train and dumped at Auschwitz. Within 30 minutes after stepping down from the cattle car, which we traveled in for four days, my whole family was ripped apart on the selection platform. Once we were processed, we also were immediately tattooed. I was not a very cooperating victim. And my twin sister said, I beat the Nazi who was holding my arm. I was tattooed with the number A-7063. My twin sister became capital A-7064. Eva and her twin, Miriam, were marched to a barrack full of twins. We became part of a group of children, all twins, age 2 to age 16. There were 13 sets of little girls. The group, later known as the Mengele twins, were used by the Nazi doctors for experimentation. They provided an ideal scientific set, a guinea pig with a perfectly matched control. They wanted to study germs, diseases, and drugs. I was injected with deadly germs, and Miriam and I were separated for five weeks in Auschwitz. And right then and there, I made a silent pledge that I will do everything and anything within my power to make sure that Miriam and I did not die. Determination kept Eva and her sister alive for nine months. And then she believed her freedom had come. It was late in the afternoon when a woman ran into the barrack yelling at the top of her voice, we are free, we are free. I stood there for a while when I noticed at a distance some people, they were clad in white camouflage raincoats and they were smiling. They didn't look like the Nazis. We ran up to them. They gave us chocolate, cookies and hugs. And that was my first day to realize that we were free. That my little promise that Miriam and I would walk out of this camp alive became a reality. But that didn't mean that I was free from the pain that the Nazis inflicted upon me. I remember talking to one of my friends. They said, how do you feel about Germany? I said, I hate Germany. I hate the Nazis. I hate Germans. I don't want to talk about it. One of them said to me, so what are you going to do about all that? You seem to be very forceful in your hatred. I said to myself, well, I'm not going to do anything about that. There was also permanent physical damage from the experiments, and Eva's twin sister, Miriam, got sicker and sicker as the years went on. Miriam's situation was critical. There was something in Miriam's body that the doctor said that if they could find out what Miriam was injected with, that maybe they could understand. I could not let Miriam die in Auschwitz. I couldn't let her die here. And I was going to do everything within my power to save her life. Eva was determined again, this time to find any information on what they injected into her sister. I was trying to look for our files. I went gone to Germany. 
I have gone to Auschwitz, look in the archive. There is nothing more that I could find. She located a doctor named Dr. Munch. There was a Nazi doctor from Auschwitz, and I figured that maybe he could help me with that information. And he agreed to meet Eva at his home in Germany. For the first time, she felt her determination wilting. I was scared out of my wits, because what I remembered about the Nazi doctors, I did not want to experience again. I couldn't rest. I couldn't sleep. Every nerve in my body was rebelling against what I was doing. But I couldn't really back down. And second, I was really curious if I could learn something about what was done to us. When I met with Dr. Munch, the most surprising thing to me was that he was kind, considerate, and his generosity and humanity was not what I expected from a Nazi doctor. For instance, we were sitting outside on metal chairs. He ran into the house five times, coming back each time with a pillow. He said, I want to make sure that you are comfortable. And on his porch in Germany, Dr. Munch described his own scars. Well, he told me that Auschwitz was looming very high in his nightmares. I think that made him human, and also his treatment of me made him very human. But the doctor had no information on the experiments done to Eva and her sister. So instead, Eva asked him to provide a signed declaration of the atrocities he did partake in, and presented at the 50th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. She wanted to be able to prove to any Holocaust deniers and revisionists that what happened to her was real. I saw to myself the only way that I can prove that what I am saying is so is to have a document signed not by a survivor, not by a liberator, but actually by a Nazi who witnessed it. There are deniers who say the Holocaust didn't happen. If I ever met a revisionist face-to-face, I could take that document and shove it in their face. I wanted to thank this Nazi for his willingness to bear witness. I wanted to give him a meaningful gift. So when I was cooking, doing the laundry, driving the car, I kept asking myself, how can I thank a Nazi? It took 10 months before the following simple idea. How about a letter of forgiveness from me to Dr. Munch? Oh, gosh. Let's see. If you pull that drawer out on the top... Yeah, I do have them here. Yes, I presented it at the ruins of the gas chamber in Auschwitz with Dr. Munch and my children and Dr. Munch's children. Fifty years after liberation from Auschwitz, I, Eva Moses Kor, in my name only, give this amnesty as to survivors and the public. Look up to the skies here in Auschwitz. The souls of millions of victims are with us, and I am saying with them as witnesses, enough is enough. Fifty years is more history. It's time to heal our souls. It's time to forgive, but never forget. It is time to the persecution. I hope in some small way to send the world a message of forgiveness. 
when I discovered that I had the power to forgive, it seemed simple, yet it was extremely empowering for me. In her letter, Eva forgave not only Dr. Munch, but all the Nazi doctors, even though she was never able to discover what had been injected into her sister. And despite Eva's determination, Miriam eventually passed away. A handful of Mengele twins remain alive today, and they're not pleased with Eva. My fellow survivors, they call me a traitor. They say she's forgetting the past. She says she would if she could, but she knows she can't. Some children would ask me, why don't I remove my tattoo? Then I said I would remove it. Everything that happened when that tattoo was done would be removed also, and life would return to what it was before. For me, my tattoo on my arm is a badge of courage. I stood up to the Nazis when they tattooed me. It's part of me. It's my original artifact that I carry with me at all times. Two years after her sister died, Eva opened up a Holocaust museum in her small town in Indiana. I keep telling my fellow survivors, if somebody by forgiving is forgetting, how on earth is it that I spent 200 days at the museum where I meet with children, I meet with groups. She found the museum and telling her story of forgiveness was healing. But in the middle of the night, she got a call from the police. The museum had been firebombed and burned to the ground. In the drizzling rain outside the torched museum, Eva told reporters that she'd had better days, but she'd had much worse. How do I feel about that today? I have forgiven whoever the person or the people were, not because they deserve it. And this is what I want to always make sure people understand. Not because the perpetrators deserve my forgiveness. Forgiveness is self-healing, self-liberation, self-empowerment. I deserve. If you were concerned that Eva's museum was lost forever, fret not. The good people of Indiana and folks from across the country came together after hearing news of the fire. They rebuilt a bigger and better museum, which stands today. Find out more about it on our website, snapjudgment.org, along with some remarkable photos of Eva and her sister as Auschwitz was freed. And Eva, thank you very much. The piece was produced by Anna Sussman. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.